You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Twitter Tuesday episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. On today's episode, the New Orleans Saints signed defensive end Tano Passanio, who has a shot to develop into something great if everything falls into place. The Saints salary cap situation never gets any easier to understand, but why you can expect more moves on the way. And finally, with the 17th game expected this season, Jameis Winston could be a 5,000-yard passer for the Saints offense in 2021, or will another 30-interception season disrupt the fanfare as always? I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Deputy Manager over at SB Nation's Canal Street Chronicles, and your Tuesday co-host over at the National Locked On NFL Podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. Big signing for the New Orleans Saints. Certainly not somebody that was at the top of everyone's wish list, maybe, for the team, but big in terms of size. Tano Passigno, the six foot seven, 289 pound defensive end that is athletic as all get out, joins the New Orleans Saints stable of defensive linemen to help start to address the depth that they lost to the free agency market so far over the course of this offseason. Passigno would become the sixth out of 10 defensive linemen on the roster right now that are listed at six foot four or above, all but two listed at six foot three or above. We know the Saints love size on the defensive line as well as versatility, and certainly Passigno packs that without any question. So I could play on the outside at edge as well as playing on the inside as well. Before we talk about his contract and the deal, let's hear a little bit about what Passigno had to say about one defensive line coach that really makes this signing make a ton of sense in Ryan Nielsen. Yeah, I mean, you you see it with uh, guys like Trey Hendrickson, per se. You know, a lot of people didn't really know who he was, but going through this system and being with Coach uh, Nielsen, definitely uh, you see that rise, uh, that shot this past year. Um, and uh, Coach Nielsen, uh, just coming out of college, I remember him uh, working me out and uh, how uh, how he actually coached. And I love the passion and um, you know he's going to get the most out of you. So, of course, the Saints spent some time with Passigno during the 2017 draft class. They didn't draft him in 2017, but clearly that draft class still did very well. Passigno was a second round draft pick in that draft heading over to the Kansas City Chiefs now coming to New Orleans in the free agency market. The reason why I mentioned that clip is because one of the things that makes Passigno so incredibly intriguing to me and why I mentioned that he could be something great with the New Orleans Saints is because of the fact that he'll be paired with Ryan Nielsen. Ryan Nielsen, of course, helping to develop a defensive line that has been very impressive for the New Orleans Saints, racking up 40-something sacks last season, 50-some-odd sacks the year before, being a top-producing defensive line, both in the run game as well as in the pass rush game, and he has a lot to do with that. And you look at him developing a guy who Passigno mentioned by name in his presser in Trey Hendrickson, there's a lot of reason to be excited about what a guy like Tano Passigno ends up bringing to you. Now, one of the things I want to point out is his last name. The K is silent. Pass. The G moves in silence like lasagna. And then the N at the end, as many of us are accustomed to in Louisiana, 
being silent as well. So Passinho is the way that his last name is pronounced. Now, one of the things that he brings to you, first of all, is age and time for development. 26 years old. He is long. He is agile. He is quick. He has a lot of speed. Again, at six foot seven, ran a four eight coming into the NFL. I know we're so used to talking about four threes, four fours at this point, where we're talking about uh, especially offensive and defensive skill position players. But when it comes to a six foot seven human being moving at a four eight pace, is really really quick. The only thing that you're really gonna miss with him so far, if you watch his tape, is just body control, which doesn't, which isn't really that big of a surprise, right? A young prospect coming out of a school like Villanova, where you don't get an opportunity to fully develop at maybe like you would see at some of the higher ranking programs out there, like an Alabama or an LSU or a Clemson or something like that. You don't get all of the same types of tools that a school like Villanova, even though they are still an SEC school. But when you look at them, he's big, he's long, and he's lean, and he's quick. And so with all of that, just comes some body control issues that you could certainly expect to see the Saints find a way to get under control. He's coming in sort of in place as a rotational defensive end and somebody that can bounce toward the inside. He did that quite a bit with Kansas City as well. If you look at his 2019 season, you see four sacks and then you see a few tackles for a loss, a much a better season that season. And one of the big keys to that was him rushing off the right end of the defensive line. He moved over to the left and rushed a lot more over 50% of the time from the left side in 2020, where you saw the production sort of dip. And that was his final season with the Kansas City Chiefs in New Orleans. I think you could see him start to really rotate in where Trey Hendrickson used to rotate in, which was over on the right side of the defensive line opposite Cam Jordan rotating with Marcus Davenport. So this could be a perfect fit for the New Orleans Saints if Passanio can find his way onto the 53-man roster throughout camp. And it looks like the Saints certainly expect him to do so at least through the 2021 season. They sign him to what is effectively a two-year deal, even though it's five years in total. It's a $4.5 million total deal with three voidable years that helps to spread out his $500,000 signing bonus. He only counts against the cap in the 2021 season for $1.5 million, and only $2 million is guaranteed over the entire lifetime of the contract, which effectively means that if this partnership doesn't work out the way that it could potentially, if Ryan Nielsen and Passanier really start to develop together very well, then they could end up moving on from the young defensive end after the first season here in New Orleans. The Saints continuing to build up through the middle class here in the draft finding ways to grab some spots where they are in need. They needed a fullback. They got them. You know that that's a very big part of their offense. They continue to rebuild the tight end position after moving on from four tight ends in free agency, including two of your big key guys in Josh Hill and Jared Cook. And then, of course, you lost a ton of pieces, three of your top six snap getters in 2020 on the defensive line. And now you add a very talented, young defensive lineman, edge rusher, and more and Tato Passanio. So a lot of fun stuff here that I'm really looking forward to seeing the way that this guy develops going into 2021 because he could turn in to the next big sort of breakout star on the defensive line if all falls into place. And speaking of everything falling into place, the Saints starting to look a little bit more active on the free agency market, but they're going to need to create some more space. I'll tell you why I think that is happening sooner rather than later and what moves will help them do that here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, 
your team every day. Y'all, I have been very, very much invested in the NCAA tournaments, both men's and women's. I've got UConn going all the way in the women's championship. I've got Gonzaga going all the way in the men's championship. We'll see how it all rolls out. But if you want to go ahead and get in on some of that action, one of the best places to do it is with our good friends over at betonline.ag. NFL might be on a little bit of a hiatus at the moment as the offseason rolls along, but NBA, college basketball, both men's and women's, NHL, and very soon the MLB, all in full swing here over at betonline.ag for you to get involved on just about any level you can imagine. Lines, over-unders, money lines, player props, anything you can imagine they've got you covered over at betonline.ag, including television shows and award shows as well. So if you want to get in on that action, head over to betonline.ag. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, to get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON with BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Huda Nation, don't forget to check out the Locked On Today podcast today. Get more of the sports news that you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. So follow along on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. All right. So as we roll along with today's episode, I do want to mention really quickly the answer from Tono Passanio that you heard in the last segment came from a question posed by Luke Johnson. I always like to try to credit who asked the question just as a means of crediting everybody's hard work. So Luke Johnson at by Luke Johnson on Twitter, one of the writers over with NOLA.com, Tyne's Picayune, New Orleans advocate all over there, along with our good friend, Amy Just, friend of the podcast. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our second segment today. We know that the New Orleans Saints have continued to sign players. We saw a bunch of those transactions become official over the last couple of days. I would not expect to see Tona Passanio's contract really start to pass over the NFL transaction wire for another couple of days. But over the last few, let's say 48 hours or so, we have seen Nick Vanette's contract become official, Alex Arma's contract become official, PJ Williams just became official on Monday, and then now you see this signing as well. And then you also saw some re-signings and some new deals that also came across the transaction wire here recently, including James Hurst re-signing as well. So when you look at the way that this has gone so far for the New Orleans Saints, those of you that you know, listen often and things like that. And for those of you that don't like, come on, make sure you come back. We're here five days a week. But for those of you that listen often, you might recall a few episodes ago where I talked a little bit about how the Saints were never going to get to a point where they opened up, you know, $10 million, $10 million, and $10 million, and then sat there with $30 million of salary cap space before making a move that they'll consistently make moves and then get back under and then make a move and then get back under and then make moves and then get back under. And that's what I think you're going to see here very, very soon for the New Orleans Saints, who right now, before many of these other contracts process, including Jameis Winston's contract and others, you're looking at them like in terms of their public salary cap, according to the NFLPA, as being only $4.4 million above the cap. And that wasn't updated since last Tuesday, according to Cat Terrell over at The Athletic. So when you look at the way that the Saints have been balancing their cap, they're doing it just like they do every season. Spend a little make a little. Spend a little, make a little. The way that we live our lives, that's the way that the New Orleans Saints, the way that we pay our bills, that's the way that the New Orleans Saints uh, sign their free agents. So I think here within the next, I'll say week, 
you might see the Saints go about some more cost-saving measures in order to make room for these signings that they have to make. Because remember, they're going to continue to fill out this roster all the way up to 90 at some point before training camp, and they're eventually going to have to make room, and they can do this, they can wait and do this after the draft if they want to, but they're eventually going to have to make room for their draft class as well. There's no rush to do that because they don't know how many draft picks they're actually going to use. They have eight but will they really draft eight players? Maybe, but I don't, it's hard for me to envision the New Orleans Saints actually doing that. You know what I mean? So we'll see exactly like what it is that they have to do there. But in terms of some of the cost saving measures that they have, some of the ones that are right up at the top of the list in terms of the most convenient, easy, make you money right away types of, uh, of, of moves would be two cuts that are left on the roster that they could make, right? They could move on from Patrick Robinson and save about $2.5 million that way, or really $2 million that way. And then they could also cut Latavius Murray and then save about $2.4, $2.3 million that way if they designate him as post-June 1 that it's 3.3. But we haven't seen the Saints really seem to be in a hurry to move on from anybody in the running back position as they haven't gone out for any new acquisitions there, they've just brought back pieces like Ty Montgomery as well as Dwayne Washington. So are we going to see the Saints really move on from Latavius Murray? I don't know. Are we going to see the Saints move on from Patrick Robinson? Possibly. I know it's a little bit tougher to make that decision right now because there's a lot of question marks hanging in the balance around Marshawn Lattimore. And then of course, the spot opposite Marshawn Lattimore on the opposite side at the cornerback two position, you can call it. But what we've seen in terms of these cuts so far with guys like Janoris Jenkins and Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook is that these guys that are 32 and above, those are the ones that the Saints have been moving on from. They've been making this team younger, albeit quietly, but that has been something that seems to be a bit of a trend for them. Role players and older players, they've been perfectly comfortable moving on from so far this offseason and then rebuilding the middle class of their roster with this new influx of young talent. These guys that you've seen the Saints sign, like Nick Vanette, like Alex Arma, and like Tono Passigno, who are right around that 26 years old type of a range. So the Saints could quickly make some more money by moving on from Latavius Murray and or Patrick Robinson, but the most intriguing way that they can make some money is by solidifying their future and extending somebody like Ryan Ramchek And of course, they can also extend Marcus Williams. I'm going to leave Marshawn Lattimore conveniently out of the extension conversation at the moment. And we're just going to focus on Ryan Ramchek and Marcus Williams, who are two of the sort of foundational pieces over on the offensive and defensive sides, respectively. At the moment, Ryan Ramchek's contract is costing the Saints on his fifth-year option about $11.1 million. If the Saints were to extend him to maybe, let's say, a five-year, six-year deal, at one of the, and this is essentially extending, in my opinion, your best player on the roster going into 2020, 2021. I know a lot of people don't agree with that, but going into 2021 and trying to project for adjustment and project for where you might see some sort of, you know, receding moments or some some receding players on the team. I'm saying Ryan Ramchick's probably your best player going into 2021. If you can extend him and keep him around for another handful of seasons or more, then you can work out the deal to have a very, very low first year cap hit in 2021 and then escalate over time as you're expecting the salary cap to grow over time as well. And then with Marcus Williams over on the defensive side, $10.6 million going to him right now on that franchise tag that they surprisingly gave him to keep him around. If they extend him, you can replicate the exact same type of an approach 
and then knock that salary cap down as well. So let's just say that you can get both of these guys and their salary caps down from 11.1 and 10.6 million dollars to around a cap hit of about let's just say 5 or 6 million dollars to be sort of conservative about it, then you're saving around 5 or 6 million dollars to uh, per player in order to repurpose elsewhere. All of a sudden you're in the double digits in terms of cap space at that point or at least cap space that you're opening up. So ideally for New Orleans that would be the place that they can go get those deals done. Now, it takes two to get that done, right? It's not just the Saints making a decision to extend the player. The player, the agent, I guess you could say it takes three, and the team, also, they all have to agree upon what that's going to be. But if the Saints are able to get those done and open up some salary cap space for themselves, not only for the pay, for the players and the, the moves they've already made, but for anything upcoming, that's a really advantageous way to go about it because you're shoring up some staples on your offensive and defensive side for the future while also creating yourself some space to be competitive right away. And if the Saints do want to be competitive in 2021, a lot of it's going to come down to quarterback play. And with a 17th game, a good season by Jameis Winston can quickly turn into a great one, and a bad one can quickly turn into a horrible one. We'll talk about why here in just a moment as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network your team every day. And I always try to make sure that a great car stays a great car and that a terrible car, either I sell it and give it to somebody else, make it somebody else's problem, or I guess I need to find a way to make it better. And if I'm going to do that, I'm going to need all the help that I can get because me, idiot when it comes to cars. But thankfully, we have a fantastic resource in rockauto.com where you just head over to the website, expansive catalog, you throw in the make of the model, and the year of the vehicle, as well as the part that you're looking for. They're going to give you several options, all at a fraction of the price of what you would pay at one of those chain stores who are going to charge you just for talking to a teller. So this is the best way to go about it. And you can do it all from home in the comfort of your own couch, in the comfort of your own pajama pants. Do all of the shopping that you need for your automobile to keep it going and to keep you safe. Go and check them out over at rockauto.com. And at checkout, don't forget to write Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. In one corner, we've got cookies and cream. In the other corner, we've got cookie dough chunk, and it is the battle of the cookie-themed flavors in the Flavorful Four for our Built Bar Bracket Madness we have going on over at bar underscore built on Twitter as we try to figure out who the best tasting flavor is amongst the best tasting protein bar, delicious and incredible protein bars over at Built Bar, low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, high in competition as we try to figure out who will win the Built Bar championship as they continue to move forward throughout their brackets. We got cookies and cream and cookie dough chunk up next. I don't even know where to go. I'm going to leave this one to y'all. Go and vote at bar underscore built on Twitter and at builtbar.com where you can also pick up your own box of built bars as well and try them for yourself or replenish your stash if you need to by using the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com and get yourself 15% off of the best tasting protein bars ever made. Get it, Houdat Nation wrapping up today's episode with a fun segment here. We're going to project Jameis Winston's 
2021 based on a 17 game schedule but before we do that I want to remind you to check out our duo of draft shows here on the locked on podcast network draft dudes they watch all the films so you don't have to and locked on nfl draft gets you all of the updates that you need and mock drafts as well over on the locked on nfl draft and draft dudes podcast follow on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast and just real quick too i want to squeeze this in because i forgot to do it on the five star friday just want to give a shout out to real quick to Dr. Underscore J25. This is the only place for Saints fans to stay informed with their team. Great show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for the five-star review. Y'all are always welcome to leave reviews, and I try to shout everybody out as they do those as well. So thank you so much for taking the time. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our final topic today, projecting the 2021 season with Jameis Winston as a starter over 17 games. The fact of the matter is that Jameis Winston has a chance to be absolutely legendary this season with the New Orleans Saints if they can get back to the type of productivity they used to have in the passing game with Drew Brees years ago. But also, this could go horribly wrong as well if Jameis Winston's 30 interception season turns out to be more than just a fluke, which I don't think it is. I think that it is nothing more than a fluke. So I ran my own numbers and I crunched my own nerd math and I'll go over all that in a moment. But first, I took to Twitter. It is Twitter Tuesday after all. So I took to Twitter and I asked everybody on Twitter to sort of give me what their projections are for Jameis Winston 17 games 2021. I got 38 responses and yes, you better believe that I put them all in a spreadsheet and averaged out all the answers. We got big time range in terms of yardage highest yardage, 53,000, 5,300 yards, 17 games after all, lowest yardage, 3,900 yards, touchdowns from anywhere between 27, I think was the low end to 38 up at the top end, and then interceptions between nine and 26. That was the range of interception numbers that I got. And as you can imagine, it was the interception number that was the most sprawled about. A lot of plus 30 when it came to touchdowns, only a few plus 20s when it came to interceptions, but you saw them still kind of all over the place there. So I averaged out all of the answers from the listeners and from the folks that were kind enough to reply over on Twitter and contribute to this week's episode. And a big thank you to everybody who did that. The averages across all of the Twitter sourcing that I got here was a 4,504, I love that, 4,504 passing yard season, 32 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. If Jameis Winston were to do that, that is a big time win for the New Orleans Saints. You cut the interceptions down to 15, which was the highest in 2020 in terms of most interceptions thrown by a quarterback in 2020, but you'll take that for a guy with his first year in in the system and being a high volatile, highly volatile, high variance player in terms of what you're going to get with downfield passing. You walk away with a 32 touchdown season, 4,500 passing yards, and you've got a great run game behind him as well, which is something that I think that Saints fans wisely took into account with all of this was that, hey, maybe it's not going to be a 5,000 yard season for him, even with the 17th game, because you're going to have Alvin Kamara, you're going to have Latavius Murray, you're going to have you know Taysom Hill coming in every now and then to run the ball at the quarterback position, as well as to also throw some passes every now and then. So you have a lot of different factors to go into about how this offense could end up running. Some people even projected Alvin Kamara to throw a touchdown pass in the 2021 season if it was going to happen. 17 games, there's one more game and an opportunity to do it might as well be this season. So I wanted to go about this and sort of project the season myself as well. 
but then be very honest about the evaluation. I took away the 2019 season as a whole, which includes not just the 30 interception season, but his 5,000 yard passing season, simultaneously the best and worst season of his career in terms of 5,100 passing yards, but also 30 interceptions in the season. So we went slam poetry rules. We took out the high, we took out the low, we're going to average together the middle. I used the 2018 season as our marker, right, in terms of trying to figure out how the Saints might be able to work with Jameis Winston and what a Jameis Winston 17 game season might look like next season. And the way that I did that was that in 2018, he only appeared in 11 games. Remember, he got benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick for a handful of those games, only started nine of them. So you take 11 games in which he appeared, 378 total attempts in 2018. I averaged it out to about 34 passing attempts per game. So I took that 34, extrapolated that over, or 34 per game, extrapolated that over 17 games, 584 passing attempts for Jameis Winston. That feels a little bit on the heavy side because if you look at the last few seasons, you've seen uh, you've seen Drew Brees with 390, 378 over the last two seasons. Remember, he missed a handful of games in each of those years. He had 489 in 2018 with 15 games played, 536 though in 2017, and then in 2016, 673. We don't think that he's going to throw, that Jameis Winston is going to throw 670 times, do we? I don't think so. Not with the run game, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, if he's playing all those things, like if he's still on the team, all of that, I don't think he's going to throw over 600 times, honestly. So I feel like this 584 number that we've landed on, 34 attempts per game, is a pretty good spot to be. It kind of puts you on the low middle end of between the 2016 and 2017 Bree seasons. In 2017, again, Brees had a big time run game with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram still threw 536 times there. We'll give Jameis a little bit, almost 50 more attempts because you're also adding in a 17th game as well. That seems to make sense for me. Now, we took his 2018 64.7% completion percentage, his 3.7% interception percentage, and his 5% touchdown percentage, as well as his 12.3 yards per catch to get the rest of the numbers. So we just took the percentages from 2018 and then averaged that out to give us what a 17 game total would look like. And here's what we landed on off of a 584 attempt 17 game season. If he's completing 64.7% of his passes, now all of these are rounded up so we get whole numbers here, we get 378 completions on the year, 4,649 yards, that's 12.3 yards per completion, that was his number in 2018. We take the touchdown percentage of 5%, that gives us 29 touchdowns. And if we take the interception percentage of 3.7%, which was his highest of his career, leaving alone the 2019-30 interception season, and we get 22 interceptions. So 584 attempts, 378 completions for 4,649 yards, 29 interceptions, excuse me, 29 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. Now, 22 interceptions is still a lot, but you know what? I'll take it. Let's look at the last time that Drew Brees threw 22 interceptions the 2010 season, where he had a 3.3% interception percentage, just 4.4% off of what we're projecting Jameis Winston to have from 2018. He threw 22 interceptions in that season with 33 touchdowns. Here, we're talking about Jameis Winston throwing 22 interceptions with 29 touchdowns. Not that far off. The yardage wasn't far off from Drew Brees' 2010 performance either. 4,620 yards for Drew Brees, 
4,649 yards for Jameis Winston in this projection. That season in 2010, the Saints still went 11 and 5, and they did so in a season where Drew Brees had absolutely no help from a 28th ranked rushing attack with only 1,519 rushing yards. So you give Jameis Winston this season and a running game behind him, I feel pretty good about a 17-game 2021 season for Jameis and the Saints. All right, y'all, tomorrow is Wednesday. That means midweek mock drafts. Get your listener mocks in over at the Locked on Saints Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Locked on Saints, and on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola as we all continue together the quest to find the perfect selection for the Saints round one and beyond. I appreciate y'all as always for listening, rating and reviewing and help me grow this family. You can catch me on Twitter at Ross Jackson N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.